Hello, my friends, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. Thank God. It's been a very busy week this week. We have a Shabbaton going on here at the synagogue. Beautiful Shabbos coming up, God willing. And next week is another trip. And then there's another event coming up. So things have been busy. But at the same time, I didn't want to miss an episode of the Practical Parsha podcast because I know that there's so many people out there that wait for this episode to drop every week. I don't want to make you nervous. What happened to Rabbi Kohn? Where'd he go? How come he didn't drop an episode? So I'm here in the show. It's about 11.20 on Thursday night to record this episode. And before we begin, as always, if you have any questions, comments, would like to say hello, introduce yourself, feel free to send me an email, rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parshas Mishpatim. Now, Parshas Mishpatim deals with the civil law of, of the Torah and you know many different parts of that. Um, and actually, in fact, Parshas Mishpatim has the second most mitzvos of any Parsha in the Torah. And really, the Parsha covers a lot of uh, halachos, different laws about all areas of the Torah. And actually today, I'm going to give myself a little leeway that I'm not going to give an overview of the Parsha. If you want that overview, you can listen to the rebroadcast, which I dropped this past week. And I want to jump right into the lesson of this week's Parsha. Now, the first idea I want to share with you today takes us to this idea of judicial integrity. The Torah tells us in Parshas Mishpatim, Lo rabim do not be a follower of the majority for evil and do not respond to a grievance by yielding to the majority to pervert the law. And the simple reading of the verse or these verses um, is making sure that there's integrity in the judicial system and the, and the judicial process. And the following psukim, the verses that follow this verse, tell us how to treat people, how to deal with people in the proper way, how to dispense justice properly. And if you look at the verse, it tells us something very interesting. Right? Do not be a follower of the majority for evil. And do not respond to a grievance by yielding to the majority to pervert the law. So the lesson here, which is a very simple but yet powerful lesson that the Parsha is bringing down for us to take from this verse, is this idea of not just following the crowd, not just following the majority. Now this is interesting actually because in Halacha there is a concept called, you know, Bittl Baroiv, forbidden food and permitted food get mixed. So in certain circumstances, you have to ask your you have to ask a rabbi for every situation, but there are instances when the food that got mixed in becomes permitted because the majority 
nullifies the minority of that got mixed in. Sometimes you need 60 times the amount of the forbidden food. Sometimes the majority by itself is enough. But either way, we have this concept that we follow the majority at times. But over here, when it comes to doing the right thing, we don't care what the majority does. You know, there's uh, when I was in school, in elementary school, they had a police officer come into the school to talk to us about drugs, the dangers of drugs, why it's bad. And there was this program called D.A.R.E. It was where the police would come into the school to talk to the kids about different issues that could come up with kids. And one of the things I remember clearly I'm talking about was this concept of peer pressure. That, And I think studies have shown this, that kids especially, and it's not just kids, it could be adults as well, act in certain ways and respond to certain behaviors because there's this pressure around them from their friends, from their environment. So if people hang out with other people that do drugs or they're smoking, whatever they're doing, the, there's going to be a certain sense of pressure on the individual who's not doing that to, to be strong and to not give in to the behavior that this group around him or her is exhibiting. That's peer pressure. So the point is, he was telling us how to deal with peer pressure. That you don't have to give in when people around you are doing something incorrect. How do you deal with it? And the Torah tells us something very interesting. You know, many times most people, most people I would say, they don't necessarily do things because that's what they believe is the correct thing that they want to do. You know, I would say... A minority of people, it's probably a big minority, that people do things because they want to do it and not because someone told them to do it, not because their friends are doing it, not because their their neighbors are doing it. It's because they, they want to do it. That's a minority of people. Most people, they just do things because other people are doing it. Society tells them to do it. Hollywood tells them this is what you want to do. Commercials are convincing them that this is how they're going to have an enjoyable life. It's not something that they process in their mind to think about that they actively want to go and do to make their life better, to, that they're going to accomplish, achieve. It's because of external factors, because everyone else is doing it. You know, keeping up with the Joneses. So if you're Jewish, it's keeping up with the Cohens. I mean, I know it's not referring to me, but the point is, is that people feel this pressure to do like everyone else is doing. And, you know, this concept, this idea of peer pressure can also be used for our benefit as well, which I will get to shortly. But the first point is, is that do, no, do not go after the majority to do evil. That even if you see the majority of people around you, in your city, in your society, doing something wrong, you still have to have the willpower and the self-confidence to stand up and do the right thing. I feel like a way to relate to this idea is that when you get off an airplane and there's this crush of people making their way to the baggage carousels. So do you look at the signs? Where is the, the baggage? Which way do you go? 
or you just follow the crowd. What do you do? Right? So most people naturally just follow the crowd. That's what we're, our, our inclination is, to go where, where everyone else is going, just to follow. The Torah is telling us here, when it comes to the way we behave, how we view ourselves, how we judge our behavior, how we act, we shouldn't just be looking at the people around us, or in fact, we shouldn't be looking at the people around us at all. We should be judging ourselves by the standards of the Torah, by the morality of the Torah, what the Torah requires to us. Because if we want to do what Hashem wants, we want to fulfill the the Ratzon Hashem, the will of the Almighty, so then it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. Obviously, you want to be part of society, you want to be accepted, you want to be, you know, people should like you. There is a concept of fitting in. But when it comes to doing what's right and, you know, not doing what's wrong, we have to be very clear-eyed to ourselves what we're trying to accomplish, what is our goal, and what is our standards to compare ourselves to. Because if we know that we're focusing on doing what Hashem wants, doing what God wants, so then we're not going to compare ourselves to our neighbors, what they're doing. We'll hold ourselves to the standards of Hashem, to the standards of God, which is the Torah and mitzvot. So that's this idea in this week's parsha. Do not go after the majority to do evil. That even if everyone around you, the majority of people, are doing evil, they're doing something which is wrong, and maybe it's even accepted. It's more than that. It's become a mitzvah to society. That if it's wrong, if the Torah says it's wrong, it's incorrect. It doesn't matter if you're a minority. You still have to hold strong with your belief, to have that self-confidence, to to say your belief, to say what you believe is true and correct. And in fact, if you are confident in what you believe in and you're strong about it, people will respect you for your beliefs. And I feel that, especially nowadays, when unfortunately not so many people out there in the world have very strong beliefs. So when people meet somebody that you know is trying to stay true to what they believe in, there's a certain respect that you get from the people. And I feel like the way that this manifests itself for me is that me, I walk around, I'm a visibly religious Jew. And in, in the area I live in, there's not tons of religious Jews. You know, there are, you see them around, but not really so many. And I really feel that when I walk around, people give me a certain level of respect. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm perfect, I'm not far from that. But I just feel like when people see somebody who's trying to live their life according to a higher set of morals, a higher set of values, there's an underlying respect that people have for that. And it's not just in my area. I feel this in many different areas of the country that I've been to, that there's a certain feeling of admiration and respect for somebody who's trying to live their life according to their values. So if you might think to yourself that if I'm just going to, if I'm going to, you know, say my beliefs, say what I really believe in, people are going to laugh at me, they're going to look down at me, no, that's not the case. If you're sincere about what you believe in, right? You believe in the Torah and you want to do what the Ratzon Hashem, you want to do what the will of God, people will respect you for that. And just to come back around to this idea of peer pressure, you know, when it could be helpful, 
is that sometimes it could be to your benefit that if you put yourself in an environment where everyone is doing something good, so it's going to push you to do that as well. If you live in a community where everyone goes to shul, that everyone goes to synagogue, you're most likely going to go to shul. So my point is, I wanted just to say, even though I'm saying here that the Torah is telling us to be careful about peer pressure, I want to add that peer pressure can be used for our benefits as well. Obviously, we want to do things, we want to do mitzvot, we want to serve Hashem because we want to do that. But sometimes it's hard and we need to use tricks to push ourselves to get to that point. And positive peer pressure can be helpful in that way sometimes. The second idea I wanted to share with you today continues on this topic of dispensing justice fairly. The Torah tells us, Midvar Sheker Tirchak Vinoki Vitsadik Altaroi Kiloi Atstik Russia. Distance yourself from a false word. Do not execute the innocent or the righteous, for I shall not exonerate the wicked. That the Torah tells us when it comes to lying, to distance yourself from a false word. Okay, that's interesting. You know, normally when the Torah tells us something, it doesn't tell us to distance ourselves from it. It says, don't lie. And in fact, later on in the Torah, when the Torah is telling us to be honest with others, it says, It says, you shall not steal, you shall not deny falsely, and you shall not lie to one another. I mean, the Torah tells us, do not lie. Right? The Torah tells us very clearly the commandments to do or not to do. It's the rabbis who add fences to protect us from transgressing that they have to distance us from the prohibition. But the Torah, when it speaks to us about to do a mitzvah or not to do an avera, a sin, it says it in very clear terms. And in fact, this is the only time the Torah uses this word of midvar sheker tirchak. Distance yourself from a lie. Distance yourself from speaking falsely. Keep yourself away from that. It doesn't just say like it says later on in Leviticus that don't say a lie. What's the Torah teaching us here by telling us to distance ourselves from falsehood, to stay away from it? And Rabbi Tversky explains on his commentary on the Torah that when, when it says in the Parsha, Distance yourself from a false word. It's teaching us here not that you shouldn't lie. Of course you shouldn't lie. But that you shouldn't act in a way that will cause you to lie. What do I mean by that? You know, there's a lot of things in life that are black and white. Things that are okay. And there are things that are not okay. And then there's the gray zone. Things that maybe are not so bad, but maybe not so right either. And maybe we do these things sometimes, maybe we don't. And the Torah is telling us here, act in a way that you won't have to lie about the way you act. You know, we could all think of things that we've done in our lives. Maybe they weren't wrong, but maybe it wasn't so right either. And, if you would say, like, would we be so proud of it, what we did? We would would we want to tell people about what we did? 
No. Would we have acted that way in front of our mentor, in front of our rabbi, in front of our parents, in front of our, I don't know, in front of our spouses? Certainly not. You know, I was just thinking of something recently. Nothing wrong. And it wasn't a bad thing. It just, you know, I was thinking, should I do something? Should I not do something? And then afterwards, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, would I be proud of this if I would tell my Rebbe about it, to tell my rabbi that I did this? I wouldn't be proud of it. Again, it was nothing wrong. It was nothing bad. It's just that something that I wouldn't be proud to tell him about. So the point is, is that when it comes to our behavior, the way we act, the Torah is telling us, distance yourself from falsehood, that you can act in a way that you don't have to lie about afterwards, that you don't have to be ashamed about that you could be you know, proud about to not get yourself into trouble after the fact, to keep yourself away from Sheker. And the way you keep yourself away from falsehood is by acting and living your life in an upstanding manner as an example and not doing things that maybe aren't so bad but maybe aren't so good either and keeping yourself out of the questionable behavior that we wouldn't be so proud about and maybe we would twist the truth or hide what we did or didn't do. So that's what the the emphasis here is, midvar to stay away from that, to prevent ourselves from getting into that situation to begin with. And actually, in fact, Perkyevos tells us that one of the traits that is extremely praiseworthy for a person to have is roya es hanoilad, to see the outcome, to see your action how it's going to affect you down the road. Now, obviously, we're not prophets. We don't know how things are going to turn out always. But the point is, is that when we make a decision to act in a certain way, to do a certain thing, we should think about the ramifications that decision will have down the road. And that's midvar sheker tirchak. Think about that concept when it comes to how you behave, what we do, what we don't do. And it comes out from this that if we distance ourselves from falsehood properly and we stay away from it in the proper way, we keep that separation, it doesn't just prevent us from transgressing and lying, but it also results in us living a more ethical and proper life, living on a higher and staying in the right lane. And that's this idea and this parsha to distance yourself from falsehood. One last thought I want to share with you today takes me back to chapter 23, Pasuk 4. It says in the Torah, If you encounter an ox of your enemy or his donkey wandering, you shall return it to him repeatedly. That there's a Torah commandment that if you see your enemy's ox or your enemy's donkey, or you see your enemy's suitcase full of cash. You have a mitzvah in the Torah to return it to him. And the Talmud Bamatia tells us that even this, if this ox or this donkey or this dog escapes a hundred times, you have an obligation, a biblical obligation, to return it to the owner, to your enemy, every single time. So we see how much the Torah is concerned about the money of another fellow. And the Chavetz Chaim comments on this. The Torah is concerned about the the money of another fellow to this extent that you have this obligation to return it 
to your fellow Jew, to return his animal. All the more so must we have compassion on our fellow human beings to help them. And the highest level of this compassion is helping someone spiritually, someone who is spiritually lost, to help them, to show them what it means to have a connection to God, to have a connection to Hashem, to show them what their heritage is, right? The Jewish people have the Torah, have mitzvos, to try to introduce them to this idea that if the the obligation upon a person to return someone's donkey to their enemy is so great that even a hundred times he has to do it, so all the more so we can imagine the obligation upon us to show our fellow Jews, to show them the treasure that they have lost, which is their heritage, which is the Torah, which is the mitzvot. And unfortunately, in our generation, the majority of Jews in the world are disconnected from their heritage. And it's incumbent upon us, it's coming upon everybody, no matter what level of learning you're at, you know, even if you're a beginner and you just started learning, you know something. You know something and you have what to share. And that's the obligation, the mitzvah that we have in this generation to help our fellow Jews to connect back to their heritage. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean to go to preach to people. It means to show people the warmth, to introduce them to certain concepts in a very non-threatening way, to tell them about a podcast that talks about the Parsha. Plug right there. But either way, the Parsha is bringing home this point that if we see this obligation to help return the animal, all the more so is it to help a human being, help a person. And the highest level of returning is, and the highest level of chesed is to help return someone to help them recognize that there's a God, to, re- to recognize that there's Hashem. And this is not just for somebody who's a rabbi, who has a podcast. Each and every one of us have the ability to teach another. That's something we should remember and internalize, to share what our knowledge. Don't be afraid of it. To share what you have learned with the people around you, with your family, with the people who want to hear from you. To introduce them to concepts. And the Torah sells itself. You don't have to sell the Torah. It's divine, and it brings a person back to that connection. So that's our responsibility, and we should just do our part, and God will do the rest. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.